one of the greatest Carlton players uh, that's ever played the game is joining us now. What a star this man was. Single-handedly put the Blues into the 1999 Grand Final. Unfortunately, uh, didn't win it, but he also was a Premiership player in 95. And uh, look, if I read out his career highlights and awards, it'll take too long. Uh, and we don't have that much time with him. And that's Anthony Kuda Foodies. G'day, Kuda! Always, how are we, mate? Thank you for the lovely introduction there. Oh, surely I'm, I'm right. You are one of the greatest that's uh, ever pulled on the, the Navy Blue and if not ever played the game. Oh, I don't feel that way. I still get acknowledged by a lot of people, so I'm very fortunate. I am <laughs> lucky, but I think so many players have come and gone. Yes. And, uh, yeah, still remembers nice. Yeah, well, um, how's your summer been, mate? What have you been up to? Oh, no, that's well. I had a, a, a shoulder replacement about Ooh. six weeks ago, so that wasn't great. That wasn't something I was looking forward to, but something I had to get done. And uh, so that's on the men now, and tomorrow I get my first physio session, so hopefully I can start to see a little bit more movement. It's, mm. uh, it almost has as much movement as what I had previous to the operation, so I'm not complaining, <laughs> but I, obviously I want a lot more uh, have, uh, so I can start to do a bit more exercise. Cooter, it was here. Obviously, that's a, yeah. You had your shoulders uh, are taped, or you played with injured shoulders a lot. Is that's a result of of that? Oh, I'm not sure. I never really had too many issues with my shoulder. In terms, I just had one arthroscope previous to this. I had a lot of aches and pains in there for certain things, like I couldn't play tennis or bowl the cricket ball, or you know, the swimming really made it throb after a swimming session. So I guess it was in there. I don't know if a lot of it's genetics but obviously footy didn't help i mean it would have you know held it you know to a lot quicker to where it was the state that it was if i didn't play well you you carried the blues for 278 games so i mean i'm sure (laughs) the shoulder had to give away eventually (laughs) i'm I'm surprised they could have run as some of the other boys. I probably could have played that way, but unfortunately, I wasn't. <laughs> I'm surprised they were able to find the uh, shoulder bone there in that uh, that big muscle of yours, there, mate. Quite as big as being. I uh, I get that reminded by a lot of people often. And, uh, <laughs> the shoulders were probably, you know, me as in my physique was always those shoulders. But right now, if you see me, it's certainly not like anywhere near like what it was back in the day. Now we're, uh, we're if we get to switch onto the footy now we're heavily in the preseason um, and we did speak with Acker last week about some stories about his when when for you obviously going into AFL system the preseason's got harder and harder but when, what firstly what were your toughest and then secondly when did you start feeling comfortable that you'd get through them? Oh, the first one no doubt was a big uh, complete shock. Now, I played footy since the age of eight, so every winter I played footy. And in the summer, since the age of eight, I did athletics. So I had two of those sports. Uh, athletics was I didn't really run any more than 110 metres. So it wasn't like I didn't have great endurance. And I uh, came to the club, no, this young kid, what an athlete he is, you know. And so I got put into the fastest group. Little did they realise, uh, you know, to run 5100s in your first pre-season wasn't something I was expecting. <laughs> and after about the first five, I reckon I started to fall behind the pack a little. And then right, I don't even think I finished the 50. But then we went to Narrabeen and had 10 days of an absolute torture camp like I could not believe. I mean, training morning and night. And at lunchtime, was either, I couldn't swim there. It was either swimming or stretch. So I just stretched. So it was either a running session or skills in the morning, and everyone did skills in the evening. That that was, 
But I, I still shake when I think about it. So when I did Dancing with the Stars two years ago, I stayed in Sydney for another couple of weeks in Bondi, and I got a friend of mine to just take me down to Narrabeen Sports Complex there and made the old memories. The rooms were still there, and it was just... I think I had to get it out of my system. I had to get it out of my system. Oh, so was it all under... I mean, you, the start would have been under... Um, was under... Um... Parker. Parker, yeah. So was he? Did he take training, or did you have a, a mad um, fitness guy? I had a mad fitness guy when we turned up there running up the hills. I struggled with that alone, and then the, yeah, the running started. There was eight hundreds, four hundreds, two hundreds. I I can't remember if there was like two eight hundreds and four four hundreds and twelve two hundreds all in certain times. I can't remember. The running was crazy. My body, you know, like first pre-season it uh it wasn't nice i don't know how my body made it through but you just had to back in those days and then of course mate you had some big boys back then playing as well and some of these physical games that we had to play mate i I felt my uh, bones shatter on numerous occasions mate it it took me a little while to adjust i I didn't feel comfortable at that stage maybe by the second obviously the second pre-season you get a bit more comfortable and then by the third, you feel like you're part of the family. It took a little bit of time. Yeah. Who who, who were the better ones then at the Blues uh, to just dominate the pre-season that just sort of looked forward to it in a way? I reckon Braddles was probably the one. I mean, he'd sometimes not even turn up before Christmas and turn up after Christmas and win the runs. But uh, Adrian Gleeson, I think, in terms of like the longer kind of running, he, he always led the pack. So between him and Braddles, they were probably the two most fittest ones in terms of... Speed, Ange and Milhanna were probably the two fastest guys to, at the football club. And then, then we get to physiques. Like, I mean, yours obviously matured and and became what it was. But um, you can still play football with with not that type of physique, like a Lance Whitnell. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Was that a question? Yeah. Sorry, mate. <laughs> so, what did you think of Lance? Well, Lance yeah. Whitnell's preseason. What was his, What was that like? Oh, is that oh. Uh, can I say, I, I feel for Lance, I thought he was such a wonderful player. When Sticks left and he came, it was like just a complete transition. Like, you know, trying to replace Stephen Kernan as one of Carlton's greatest players of all time. And then you get this young kid who lived around and grew up around the corner from where I grew up. And then he walked straight in. It was almost like an absolute breeze. It was the transition that you would not have expected a year or two before that. And Lance just had that brain and that capacity. I mean... Obviously, physique-wise, obviously he had to look after himself that little bit more. And he probably could have taken a bit more care of himself. And I dare say he would have been a 300-game player. He was that good. I mean, you watch some of the old games. And when I when I had my operation, I'd sit there in bed and these old games would come up on YouTube and watch him play. He was phenomenal. And uh, I don't think he probably gets enough uh, respect or accolation or whatever it is, acknowledgement for how incredible player that he really was at the Carlton Football Club in my no, well, that's true, and that, that, that brings us to sort of one of the issues that comes out of this pre-season is uh, the AFL record are not keeping, um, well, sort of uh, indications or, or, or records of uh, players' weights anymore um, and, and, and what, what, what they are. Um, do you, are you for or against that? Well, obviously, with the way society is now, you've got to be careful, you know, what, what you say for whatever reason, but to me, that is just... <laughs> anyway... What can I say? You know what I mean? I'm just a, a retired uh, person who had to go through footy in times when it was really difficult and we just had to put up with a lot of pain and, and made me the person that I am and I'm grateful that I went through that stuff. So, 
to not have worry about your weight now, I guess that's sign of the times meant to me. You ask me, I'm a bit old school with a lot of things in life right now. And there's a lot of things I don't agree to. But anyway, people will say I'm old-fashioned, but that's the way I am. And Kudo, we're looking forward to uh, this season with Carlton. You you'd obviously would have been impressed last year. And we have spoken to you about them. Um, I know you haven't sort of been too involved with your operation, but uh, how do you see Carlton? What what are your expectations? I thought last year they were top four team. Not after round fifteen, believe me, I watched and <laughs> didn't think they'd make finals. I thought they were top four team or capable of finishing top four the year before. So my expectations is top four again. I don't see why they can't they have a wonderful list. I feel like the energy around the club is so much better. It's positive. It seems they bring a little bit of that old culture back. You know, the old players, you see them making appearances there at the club. They all, the ex-players are so important. I know we've got to move on in times, but you just got to have them around the club, I, I believe. You know, you talk to players that have won three or four premierships and, I think the current players need to know that to understand what it was like then to play at the Carlton Football Club. And so they got a little bit of a glimpse of how enormous this football club is. And I dare say they they can sneak a premiership in the the next year or two or three. My goodness me, they're going to really understand how enormous this club was, like the days when I went through it. uh, it, It's just the most incredible football club. And uh, they had a little bit of a, yeah, a glimpse of what it was like. It wasn't an unbelievable to be a current supporter during that final series. Yeah, well, as a Melbourne supporter, no, uh, wasn't that great, Cooter? <laughs> it was great. No, that was one of the greatest games, I should say. <laughs> it's probably the best game I'd been to to witness. And it wasn't as good as a '99 prelim, but I played that day. <laughs> oh no, it was very good for the Blues. But yeah, I mean, as you as you were saying, I mean, do you get guys like you know, not only yourself, but maybe even uh, uh, you know, uh, Brattles or you know, Sauce is doing his own thing. But you know, just just you know, you guys back in the in in the in the team or in the club room sort of thing. That'll just give the current players a huge boost. Yeah, and look, I've been there back there a few times, and. Uh... I just think the current batch are just wonderful kids. Like, yeah. in the past, you may have walked you know, past some and they don't even acknowledge you and just go, wow, that's unbelievable. Whereas I was always very acknowledging the past players because, you know, the respect for what they did for the club before us to create the club that the way that it was. I mean, the players have such a significant part and so do the, you know, the, the board and, you know, the presidents and all, all, the, all the people that are associated with the football club. When you think about what the, you know, I learned all my skills from the players that were passed at that football club. And so then I learn it, I instill it, and then I pass it on to the next generation. So the current batch of players are just wonderful kids. And I, I said it, I, I often talk like to the guys at the club and just go, they're all just wonderful kids. They're down to earth. And I, I feel like they really play for the love of the jumper now. And sometimes you could query that maybe in past years of some of the players, but I think it's, I, I think Cripper leads the boys well. And, uh, they love the footy club. And I think that's the most important. You've got to love playing for that footy club. I reckon that type of sort of belief puts you, gives you that extra little 1% or 2% that uh, can be the difference. The what, sorry? The... I think it gives you, I think that belief gives you that 1% or 2% which can be the difference. 100% football, every little part makes a, a big difference. And, you know, in my day when I think of the, the glory days, I think it was led just most incredible by John Elliott. I loved him. I, I absolutely adored him and just thought he was just the best leader at that football club. And then when he left, it was the complete opposite. And so, you know, leadership, all these little little factors. I mean, 99 prelim final, we don't we don't go and win because 
you know, by you know, it was it was luck and whatever on the day, but we win because we had strong leaders around our football club because we played the unbeatables essence of football club. And John Elliott walks into the change rooms and he says, I've got a funny feeling about today, Cooter. So that lifts my spirits and goes, I think, you know something I don't know, like, you know, the past players and what he's witnessed and that sense of it. You know, that little one or two percent as you spoke about makes a big difference on whether you win or lose. And so no. Oh, a great day. I'm not having it, Kuda. No, it just makes me want to you, play again. No, <laughs> you, you, you win the 99 prelim because you played in it, mate. Not <laughs> what Jack said. Yeah, well, I, 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 like, I understand, but like, Jack, you know, like, it's funny because we talk 1% or 2%, that makes such a big difference. Yeah. And what that day was, when you think, looking, looking back at it, it was our first half of footy that really got us over the line because... Essendon played one quarter that day, and that was the third quarter, and they ended up in front. They kicked seven goals, seven. They were capable of doing that all four quarters, but that belief of just running out and knowing, mate, we represent the Carlton Football Club as the greatest football club on the entire planet. That's the way I believed, and it was like I witnessed Carlton Football Club win you know, finals when they shouldn't have won it, and that, that's the belief that I had. So that was the culture that I grew in, and that's the reason why I believe you know, we win that prelim final. Yes, well, awesome. yeah, they, yeah, no, well, we're all we're all in uh, on the back of the Blues because yeah, you're right. It's a bit fun when uh, the Blues are going well. Uh, Michael Voss is up for an extension. Uh, do you do you think he's earned it? Oh yes, yes, yes. Give him it's whatever he wants. Just <laughs> really. I mean, yes. as you were saying before, though. I mean, by round fifteen, you were you know <laughs> what were you second last or something? We're probably the second worst team in the comp at that stage, to be honest. (laughs) But whatever he did to turn that around, I mean, that that, that was the most remarkable. Like, I've never seen a team decline so quickly and Mm. then come back and play the footy that they did where they absolutely destroyed a lot of the opposition clubs. And, you know, a little bit of luck, they could have ended up in the grand final. But they got the hardest task to go up there and try to beat Brisbane at the Gabba. I mean, that's almost not impossible, but... A very very difficult uh, uh, thing yes. for the for the young you know kids to be able to do that. Well, and and the best bit, I mean, I don't know if it's the best bit, but you were five goals clear of them at one stage during that prelim too. So, I mean, you had it in you. Oh mate, I was celebrating, but I wasn't getting ahead of myself, boys. I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> mate, I'm thinking to myself, geez, maybe they're even better than what I thought. I knew they were good, but Jesus Christ, this could be unbelievable. Um, now, I asked Aka this last week, and he gave me about oh, 30 names, I think. Um, who's the best player in the competition right now, Kuda? Oh, man, I mean, Char- Charlie's the one, really. I mean, he's the one that can really fire up and make such a big difference. So I'm being a bit biased because I don't really watch every footy club closely, so I'm not one of those guys that sort of... You know, sit there and read the newspaper and see what's going on. But, you know, from what I witness, and Charlie's got to be right up there, but then you look at Nick Dacos, I mean, he's an absolute... His dad was the, the original god, but Nick's just an unbelievable player. When I think of the pressure that he's under, having a dad like Peter to be able to produce the footy that he does, it's absolutely remarkable. Yes. Yep. Well, no, no, well said. Well, well said, definitely. I mean, that's it, that's it at the minute. Um, you, could, you could toss up about, you know... Oh, ten names, I think, and you'd be have a real healthy argument. I mean, as you know, as I told you, I'm a Melbourne supporter, so I think you know, tracks the best player in the comp. But I don't watch oh, any yeah. other team play. Yeah, I wouldn't argue about that too. I mean, <laughs> in terms of hardball, and I watched that grand final. He was the difference. I mean, just his hardball wins and the way you get 
he almost got you guys over the line in that in that final. Oh, he, yes. was, uh, he was. He, I made a, a little bit more of that, and you guys obviously would have won. He, yeah. He's a phenomenal. Player. No, yeah, well. Now, Cooter, your shoulder. How, what's the rehab look like, and how long? Uh, how long you're out of action, or when are you back in action? It's a good question. I don't really. I mean, it's a it's a long process. I mean, obviously, it's a replacement, so it's going to take a little bit of time. I'll, I'll see the physio tomorrow, and hopefully, now we'll start to get a little bit more movement. I don't think there's going to be a great great deal of movement in the first six to twelve months. It takes a little bit of time, but. In saying that, it'll probably be more movement than what I had previous to the operation. So it's already feeling good. Um, I'm surprised in how well that I'm feeling. But um, it'll be nice to get back in the gym and just start to lift, not even heavy weights, but just reasonable weights. Because before that, I was doing such light weights that I couldn't really move it too well. So I've got to get the old rig back in shape again, boys. Mm. Ooh, love so, that rig. So the uh, so if the Blues come calling around September time, will you be ready? <laughs> Oh, mate, oh, I'm always ready for September. <laughs> yeah, the only time I woke up, really, was finals. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely, it is. That's the only time you need to. Oh, very good, Kuda. Hey, mate, we'll leave it there. Good luck with your recovery, mate. Um, really appreciate you giving us some of your time tonight. It's always awesome to chat to you, and uh, we'll stay in touch. Anytime, boys. Thank you. All the best. Thanks, Kuda. <laughs> oh, fantastic. One of the greatest Carlton players of all time. Anthony Kudafidis there.